summer shell. So, David. Twas the night before Christmas. And all through the house. Not a creature was stirring. Except Ian Fleming with a Norwegian spy, a Christmas tree, and a slap-up meal at the Savoy. Well, I need to hear this. This this was one of those ones. Mm. I mean, remember when we were talking about how I came up with the whole thing about um, the Christmas decorations in Panicla? Yes. Right. Well, this one is – this was another one that I stumbled across, and I love this story. Middle of World War II. Yep. Ian Fleming is working for the SOE, right? So he's working. He's a lot of people believe that Fleming came up with Bond because he realised just how goddamn boring intelligence can be. Mm. There's a lot of sitting around desks. I mean, a lot of soldiers get to go out and do the whole killing thing. And he really want his big complaint was it's just not glamorous. It's not glamorous enough, gentlemen. We need to make it. We need to make spying. We need glamour. We need glamour in our spying. Now the whole thing was Fleming. And boy, did he give it to us. Oh God, yeah, right. I mean, everyone says. But James Bond's not real. And we, we all know. go, we don't care. No, right. I like to believe he is real. Oh, yeah, of course. Now, the whole thing was Fleming was uh, in London. It's mm. the middle of the war. And a couple of Norwegian spies had come back from Norway. Okay. Right now, Norway was occupied by the Germans. And it was also where they were doing their heavy water experiments for their atomic program. Okay. Of course, they ditched the nuclear bomb for the missiles. The Americans built the miss- the bombs. They won the war and America, of course, wound up with the missiles and the bombs. Yep. But these two Norwegian spies that came back and basically Fleming turned around and went, I think we deserve these chaps a bang-up, slap-up meal somewhere. Okay. So he took them to Savoy, right? yeah, the Savoy Hotel, the Savoy. for a big slap-up meal, which – Fleming, because they were in the middle of rationing, it was very hard to have a slap-up meal, Fleming actually supplied a lot of the produce for the chefs to cook. Great. So they give these guys a bang-up meal, they all get drunk and have a wonderful time. <laughs> right? <laughs> and then they're going to take the, the chaps back for a bit of debriefing maybe, or I don't know, maybe take them back to the, ho- the hotel. And they get into two Jeeps and the spy's gear is in the two Jeeps and it includes two Christmas trees. Okay. Now- why? Fleming basically turned around, my God, you've got two, you, what are these doing here? And essentially one of the spies said, I stole them, I cut them down and stole them from the Summer Palace Gardens. I'm going to present one to the king in exile because the Norwegian king was living in exile okay. in England because the Nazis had occupied Norway. So Fleming went, what are you going to do with the other one? And he went, oh, I, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, probably have an open sandwich. right? So basically Fleming went, I think we should put it up. So he strapped it to one of the guardrails in the middle of so Trafalgar why did he Square. So t- why did he chop down two if he only needed one? Well, one for the king and one for yourself. Okay. Yeah, but on. then he was like, and I then, don't need it. And Fleming went, oh, what, oh, Biffo, let's go. Right? <laughs> he went, took the tree, tied it to the handrail that's around Trafalgar Square. Yeah. And one of the Norwegians went, well, it's a pity there's no lights to go on it. And Fleming went, don't worry about that, and got out. Aircraft flares. Oh. So you know the flares you, you know, yes. in all the movies where they drop them down and create the landing strip yes. for the plane to drop the commandos. A couple of those strapped them to the tree and there they were, this dinner party standing in the middle of Trafalgar Square with a Norwegian Christmas tree. And Marine flares. flares and a bottle of Aquavit, which is a normal. I mean, this sounds like a good time. I'm yeah. not going to lie. <laughs> and they passed the drinking from the bottle. They passed it round. And Ian Fleming is meant to have said afterwards that there is probably no finer alcohol in the world than Aquavit. But it's also probably he was very drunk when he said it. I know because having tasted Aquavit, there is finer alcohol. There are definitely finer alcohols. <laughs> and I know I drank one from Mullumbimby. Now, here's the thing. In 1947, 
the Norwegians donated a Christmas tree to go up in Trafalgar Square. Right. And they have done that ever since. Oh, based off this moment. Based off this moment. They said, don't steal it. Have it. (laughs) Just have it. Don't just, can't don't come and chop it down. Don't send a spy to steal two of them. Yeah. Right? Just have one. Now here's the thing. A spy came back with two Christmas trees. Yes. Cool. Now, how big do you think those Christmas trees were? Well, I'm not imagining they're very big. I don't think they're going to be that large. No. The one that went into Trafalgar Square this year was 20 metres tall yeah. and something like 200 tonnes worth of wood. Well, I guess they're going to take something and make it bigger because yeah, it's exactly. Christmas. Yeah. You, you want to make it bigger, it's Christmas. So they give it to them every year? Well, they may not be giving it to them for much longer. Why? Because the tree is now on the endangered list. Oh. Yeah. Right? But this wonderful tradition that started with Ian Fleming. Now I've got one. Why don't they just grow them? Like the rest of the world. Well, I don't know. Maybe, you know, because of climate change they don't grow the way they're meant to. Or I don't know. You know what? Do you really think the English are gonna notice the difference between one tree and the other? No, they won't know. You put so much shit on that Christmas tree, you don't even know what's underneath. Just a minute, Governor. That's not the right tree. That's a ficus conifer, not a conifer ficus (laughs) phenomenon. Just cover it with as much tinsel as possible, no one will notice. Shut up, Eric, and just put another light on it. Right, Governor. Right. Now, here's a wonderful thing. <laughs> That's I, how they all speak. Having done this, I'm going to read this one because this was something from the the Sunday Times, yep. December 20, 1959. Okay. Thriller writer Ian Fleming has more positive ideas on Christmas. In quotes, mm. ideally the only possible place to spend it is Monte Carlo. You don't have to eat turkey, a detestable bird. There aren't many people there that you know at this time of year, and it's perfectly easy to play a little golf and avoid overeating. But even for the creative James Bond, the ideal is not always attainable, and Mr Fleming will be in fact spending his Christmas near Belfast, reading three good American thrillers, going to church in a long crocodile with the rest of the family on Christmas morning. His one way of simplifying Christmas is to give the same present year after year to all and sundry. And that consists of a dozen snuff handkerchiefs from Freeburg and Trail. So that was Ian Fleming post his World War experience. Mm-hmm. Now he was a, a rich and well-known thriller writer. Yep. Bastard would only give you a hanky. What? That's all you get from him. Well, maybe he thinks it's worth more now. Yeah, who knows? Can't tell. Okay, so that's we've solved the mystery of the Christmas tree, the spies, the mystery of the Trafalgar Christmas tree. <laughs> I'm glad we solved that because inquiring minds needed to know. Yeah, and everyone at home went, "I can rest easy now." Well, it's it's the little things that sometimes we just need to know, right? Yeah, little like me. I don't need to know that. No, I. Oh, whoa, I way too much information there. Yeah, yeah, don't know that. 